Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we've got our combine preview where today we're going to focus in on the offensive side of the football. We're going to start things off with Draft Buzz where I catch up with both Ben Fennel and Dane Brugler. We break down the players you need to know at every position on the offensive side of the football preparing for next week's NFL scouting combine. Cannot wait to get out to Indianapolis. Everything starts just about a week from now with media availabilities. Drills start a week from this Thursday. So you still got a lot of time to get yourselves ready but there's going to be no better preview than this podcast right here on the offensive side of the football. We'll focus on the defensive side later this week. Then we'll wrap things up with a draft mailbag. Before we get started with Dane and Ben, I just want to tease my combine cheat sheet series has started over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. On Sunday, the quarterback position went up. On Monday, the running back position went up. On Tuesday, by the time most of you are listening to this, the wide receiver position will be up. So you can go and check out some of my further in-depth takes on each of those positions, just the names you need to watch going into the event in Indianapolis. That said, we're going to talk about all those positions and a little bit more right now in Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, well, excited to get into this combine preview as I welcome in Dane Brugler and Ben Fennell. And what we're going to do, guys, we're going to go position by position. We've got a handful of superlatives for each of these positions, and we'll just talk about uh, one guy in each group for each of us. And I want to preface this entire discussion with the fact that, number one, um, the the combine is way more than just the athletic testing and the drill work uh, that we're going to preview here. Obviously, the interviews and medicals are much more important for NFL teams in the grand scheme. And number two, I guess kind of staying on that topic, uh, there was the report over the weekend that uh, we'll see exactly who is going to work out uh, when we get out to Indianapolis. And that's something that's obviously TBD. We'll see if there are changes uh, to all the workflows and, and protocols by the time we get out there. But that said, let's get into, we're going into this, obviously uh, anticipating that everybody that's on this list is going to work out and going to partake. And we're going to start at the quarterback position where uh, Dane, I'm going to come to you first. You know, we, we had hoped on the outside from a media standpoint that the senior bowl was going to help create some separation in the quarterback rankings amongst the media. It didn't really seem like it did. So I'm interested to kind of get your thoughts uh, and Ben from you as well. Uh, Do you guys think it's going to happen next week in Indianapolis? Are we going to finally get some clarity on the pecking order of these guys? I don't think so. I mean, I I don't expect anything drastic to happen that we didn't already, uh, you know, have uh, thinking about these guys going in based on what we saw on tape, based on what we've seen uh, at the senior bowl. I don't expect anything different to happen at the combine. But I do think the obvious difference is Matt Corral is not part of the mix. You know, he was not at the senior bowl of these top quarterbacks. He's got the quickness, both with his feet and with his release, that I think it's going to it's gonna show out really well. In a shorts and a T-shirt, Matt Corral should perform. Uh, it should, should look pretty impressive at, at the combine. So Corral is the one wild card, the one variable here that I think could maybe make some noise and adjust how uh, teams are looking at these quarterbacks. And I probably agree with you, Dane, there, you know, amongst the media, I don't think there'll be a whole lot of variance, but maybe behind the scenes with teams will start to find their flavor and solidify their draft boards as they can uh, dive a little bit further into these kids with their meetings and put them up on the whiteboard. So on the outside, probably not a whole lot internally could be some more movement and solidifying rankings and evaluations than we think. 
that's the thing is I wonder even like uh, from a, like the information melting pot, that is the, the weekly trip to India or the yearly trip to Indianapolis. I wonder if we even get some clarity uh, based off reports, but uh, that remains to be seen. We'll find out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, guys, that said, let's get into what happens on the field with the quarterbacks. And I didn't really want to get into the athletic testing portion because number one, uh, a lot of these guys we've seen over the past few years, just haven't really done any of the athletic testing. Even the guys that you expect would, would blow it out of the water for the most part that those guys have not tested. They have instead preferred to say, all right, we're just going to really focus in on the throwing part of the workout. And uh, so I want to kind of focus there. And there's a whole litany of throws that these guys are going to go through as they're throwing routes to wide receivers and tight ends. But I really want to kind of hyper-focus in on some of the vertical routes we're going to see from these guys. And uh, I want to just ask the question, who are you most expecting to shine? Dane, I'll come to you first. Ben, uh, second, I'll kind of round us out. Well, yeah, on, on vertical throws, to me, that's Malik Willis. I mean, that's I, that's what he does best on tape, uh, the vertical sideline, uh, the seam shots, uh, where he can loft the football downfield in front of receivers. We know he has the arm strength, uh, and so that'll show as well. So on these vertical throws, I, I think Malik Willis is going to be uh, the guy that, that, that shines based off of what he showed on tape. That's a good pick there, obviously, with his lower body strength as well. You can really see that thick lower half once he gets his cleats on the ground. I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter, who I have logged a bunch of 60-yard air throws throughout his career at Cincinnati, some caught, some not caught. But I think he has the easiest arm, probably the strongest arm, the most natural arm in this class and can do it from a variety of kind of arm angles and feet platforms as well. The ball comes out extremely easy. So I want to see how much air can he put on it and can he rip it as well? I think he could really do both and has the most complete arm skill set probably of the class. Ben, for our listeners that don't know, you're going to be in the truck uh, out in Indianapolis for the coverage uh, for NFL Network, going through all the melts of all the throws over the course of your your time covering the event for NFL Network. Is there a throw or a series of throws that is like most important? You're like, oh, man, like I love seeing guys uh, make this throw in that environment in Indianapolis, obviously knowing, too, uh, that they're throwing to targets they're not necessarily familiar with at the wide receiver and tight end positions. Yeah, just just the go balls. I love the over the shoulders where you're putting more focus on the catch point, but pay attention to the quarterbacks dropping it in there too. And the post corners, the post corners, every quarterback throws differently with trajectory and placement. They put a cone out there as a landing spot, but you can throw it on a line or you could drop it in the bucket out there. And I love just seeing the different ways to get the ball from A to B. Yeah, Matt Corral, as you mentioned, Dan, this uh, this will be the one thing we have. We haven't gotten a chance to see Matt Corral in the pre-draft process yet. We haven't seen him uh, since he left the team's bowl game a little bit early due to that injury. Uh, so just getting a chance to see him work out in Indianapolis, I think, will be big. Uh, this is a guy that can also he could throw it uh, uh, plenty well as well. So uh, excited to see him rip it out in Indianapolis. Uh, next question here for the quarterbacks. Who impresses us with their workout that maybe people aren't necessarily expecting to? It might be a little bit off the radar. So uh, not one of the top guys, but a guy that maybe we're not expecting that that could come in and surprise us. Ben, I'll come to you first. I'll go with the Ivy League kid, EJ Perry. That may be the most eye-popping name on the charts there or on the combine list as far as just buzz and notoriety. But this kid has a pretty live arm and he's a pretty good athlete. I want to say a B in both areas, not the most imposing frame at a little over 6'1", 215 pounds, but the ball comes out of his hand extremely easy and can make almost every throw on the field. I think he'll look pretty good out there. Yeah, one guy I'm excited to see as well that was also out in Las Vegas for the Shrine Bowl, and that's Dustin Crump from Kent State. Uh, When you watch him with the golden flashes – 
really aggressive downfield thrower, a ton of fades, a ton of posts, a lot of vertical throws in that offense. And so he'll get a chance to kind of put that arm on display in Indianapolis. It wouldn't shock me if he made a couple of really, really nice throws that kind of catch people's eye. Uh, Dane, who's the guy for you? I'll go with Jack Cohn from Notre Dame. Uh, He doesn't have that explosive arm or anything like that, but what I like so much about about Cohn and why I think he's going to have an NFL uh, career, he's so good at finding rhythm in the passing game. And I think that's going to help him. We saw it help him during Shrine Week. And I think it's going to help him during a combine event like this, where uh, they're going to be asked to make all these different throws and you know work with receivers they've never thrown to. I think Jack Cohn can settle down and you know just really find that rhythm quickly. And so I, I think that he's going to maybe not have the most explosive arm and physically impressive, but just with his throws, I think the, the rhythm that he's able to, to use with it within these drills is really going to impress. And just talking purely aesthetics, so just how guys look in shorts and a T-shirt, Jack Cohn's going to look good out there. Nearly 6'4", filled out frame. Half the quarterbacks at the combine this week are six one or under. So this is a kind of a very unconventionally mm. short profile quarterback class. Not to say these kids can't make it and we've seen success. You know, obviously the Drew Brees of the world has seen Baker Mayfield go first overall X, Y, and Z. Just kind of a uh, unconventionally short profile quarterback class. That's a, a perfect transition, Ben, because for the next category, we're going to go kind of off the radar guy that we're just excited to see work out. I don't know if he's going to necessarily tear the workout apart, but uh, I'm excited to see Cole Kelly, who is the like the polar opposite of that that smallish quarterback that you were just describing, Ben. I mean, this kid's uh, every bit of six foot seven in that 250 pound range. So this is a big pocket passer, but he operates the pocket really well. This is Cole Kelly from Southeast Louisiana. Uh, like Jack Cohn, he actually started his career uh, from a bigger school, though, in uh, Arizona, in Arkansas, rather. So Cole Kelly started as a true freshman with the Razorbacks in the SEC, spent a couple years down there, then transferred down to Southeast Louisiana. What stands out most to me about Kelly, repetitive, consistent accuracy, whether it's clean from the pocket or whether he's on the move or under pressure, defenders bearing down. Uh, This guy was just on the money time and time and time again uh, this past season for Southeast Louisiana. He caught a little bit of buzz for his performance out at the NFLPA game uh, and kind of uh, we're going to see exactly how he shakes out uh, with this quarterback class in Indianapolis. But that's a guy I'm excited just to see work out that we're not no one's really uh, talking about big picture wise. Dane, is there uh, another guy that, you know, maybe a little bit off the radar? Are you just excited to see partake here in the other festivities? I'll go with Caleb Bellaby, the Western Mm. Michigan quarterback, who surprised a lot of people when he decided to come out early uh, for the draft. Uh, Redshirt junior who uh, he's inconsistent. um, And, you know, I thought talking to scouts about him, it's they're kind of scratching their head. You know, why did he come out? He could have got went back to school, got a lot better. Uh, You know, he's not a locked draft pick. And so I think there's a lot of pressure on him. The, the week in Indianapolis to show that, hey, this is why I came out. Uh, I'm going to impress you guys. And so I, there's a lot riding on LB and what he does during combine week. Yeah, there's a, a lot of guys that, um, you know, are a little bit off the radar. Obviously, we have these, these six or seven big names that I think everybody's talking about. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, man, like, how come you're not talking about uh, Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter too much and uh, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett? We've been talking about those guys uh, very, very often over the last few weeks, certainly at the Senior Bowl with all those guys outside of Matt Corral participating down in Mobile. So, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure we hit on some of these under the radar guys. That said, as we kind of close out the quarterback position, gentlemen, uh, Dane, I'm going to come to you next with this one. Who do you think can help themselves the most with a huge performance uh, out in Indianapolis? I keep coming back to Corral. Um, you know, from a media perspective, people have spent so much time talking about all the senior bowl guys, right? So they need someone new to talk about. And if Corral gives them a reason 
to talk about him in a positive way, they're going to. And then from a team perspective, I'm going to include the interview process here as well, because we know how critical that's going to be for Corral. If he makes favorable impressions on the field and as a person and then on the whiteboard, He's going to win over some teams. So I really think that Matt Corral this uh, next week in uh, Indianapolis could, could really make some, make some money and help himself. The, the vibe of Matt Corral watching him at Ole Miss is very, just a very tough, intense kid. So uh, we'll see how that comes off uh, in Indianapolis. The guy that it seems like his teammates really kind of rally uh, around that kind of player. This is purely based off watching him, watching the, that team play uh, here this fall. Ben, how about you? I'm going to take this question and answer a little bit of a different direction. Who helps yeah. themselves the most? I think it's going to be the guys that can show off the most athleticism. Hmm. And that's Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State and D.R. King out of Miami, who I'm not fully convinced that their positional projection is solidified yet. I think D.R. King could have a Nick Marshall type of transition and maybe be a defensive back or an offensive playmaker with his speed and athleticism. And Skylar Thompson is an extremely mobile athletic quarterback. We've seen the Taysom Hill conversions and some of the bigger guys like Logan Thomas moved to tight end and our own Tyree Jackson, not saying he's a tight end type, but maybe just kind of an offensive weapon type like a Taysom Hill, not saying that's through and through that every team is saying they can't be quarterbacks, but I just think they have an opportunity to really help themselves this week with showing what else can we do uh, for NFL teams and, and maybe some special teams. That's a really good call. And it's something that uh, we'll see with all these positions, guys that are going to get worked out at other positions as well, late in the workouts or late in the evening. Uh, we'll see if any of these guys, a quarterback kind of fit that bill. Um, for me, I think just going back to some of these big names, you know, whether it's Malik Willis or, or even a Kenny Pickett, hey, you, know, you go out, you have those are the two guys. It seems like have the most buzz in the media coming out of mobile to keep that ball rolling. Uh, I think would be big for either of those two players. So whether you go Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, I think both those guys uh, kind of fit that bill. That's, Said, gentlemen, let's uh, transition to the running back position. We'll start uh, with who we think is going to work out best. Who are you expecting the best athletic test scores from overall from this workout? Ben, I'll come to you first. I think one of the more complete uh, playmaking running backs in both the pass and the run game uh, in his skill set is James Cook out of Georgia, who I think has the speed, the burst, the long speed, the balance, the cuts, the catching ability. I think he's just going to check every box you need in shorts and a T-shirt out there. He'll probably have one of the best athletic test scores uh, of the entire group. I love that. I'm going to stay uh, in the senior class. I'm going to go with Rashad White from Arizona State. Uh, A shade over six foot. Not a small back, though. I mean, he's 210 pounds. And for a guy that is built that way to move the way he does, I think will be really, really impressive. So when you get to see uh, some of those weight adjusted scores and uh, some of the projected spark numbers and things like that come out of Rashad White, my guess is based off watching him in film, even seeing him up close at the senior bowl a couple weeks ago, uh, this is a guy that moves really, really well. I think he's going to test really, really well. Uh, The GPS numbers reportedly are are really, really high on Rashad White. I think that that's something that can carry through uh, to the field, to uh, to the track in Indianapolis. That would be my guess. The running back for Shad White from Arizona State. Big play threat, both as a runner and as a pass catcher. Uh, Dane, uh, how about you? Who's a guy that you expect to, to really kind of blow the doors off the athletic workout? Uh, Jerome Ford. That was the first name I wrote down. Cincinnati running back. Uh, he was a 10-5, 100-meter guy in high school. He can really go. He had three rushes of 75 yards or more this season. So we know he, uh, he, he can run a little bit. And then one other name I did want to mention, just because I'm not sure what to expect, is Zamir White from Georgia. He also had, was a 10-5 guy uh, in the 100 meters in high school, but ACL tear in both uh, or in each knee. How much has athleticism has been robbed from him over the years? I'm eager to see how uh, Zamir White does as well. 
I, I feel like if Zamir White goes and has one of those big workouts, I would throw Jerome Ford there too. I was I was surprised uh, when you rolled his name right off the top of your list. Uh, they would be what I would call a stopwatch shocker, and that's going to be our next category here. Who impresses us with their workout that maybe people weren't expecting? And I'm glad you pointed out the guys uh, with that track background because for me, the first name that kind of comes to my mind when I think of this for the running back position, Snoop Connor from Ole Miss, and he's another guy who's big back. I mean, when you look at the way that he's built, 5'10", 220 pounds, but he kind of shades guys of, of Darren McFadden when he was coming out in Arkansas, he was a top five pick, right? So Snoop Connor's not going to be a top five pick, but when you talk about that, uh, a big back who's a little bit high cut, he's got the, the length. And when you go, this guy can scoot in a straight line and you, you watch that game uh, against Arkansas. I think he scored three or four touchdowns in that one and a bunch of big plays where he just put his foot in the ground on perimeter run and was shot out of a cannon. When you get this guy to the second level clean, uh, he, he accelerates to a high speed and he's got some power behind it as well. So uh, I'm going to say Snoop Connor is a guy that could surprise us uh, with the way that he tests overall. Uh, Dane, I'll come back to you for, uh, for your stopwatch shot. Uh, I'll go with Treston Ebner, running back from nice. Baylor. Uh, if you've seen any of his three kickoff returns for touchdowns, you know he's got wheels. And so uh, you know, another guy, go back to his high school track background, 10, 600-meter 10, guy. And so uh, I, I think he's going to get below 4.45, maybe into the 4.3s in the 40-yard dash. If you were a uh, big-time track athlete in the state of Texas coming out of high school, chances are Baylor was trying to scoop you up, Whether no matter how much football uh, you played. And I think Ebner, a good example of exactly that. Uh, ben, how about you? Uh, two guys, just to really kind of round out this group. Tyler Beatty is a 4-4 kid all day long. May not look like it in that kind of shorter profile frame there. And Jerry and Ely, really just kind of a one-year player in that Ole Miss offense, a jack-of-all-trades kid. He has electric speed and electric change of direction. Wasn't always featured properly in that offense, in my opinion. Look out for him in testing and shorts and a t-shirt. He's going to look really good. And what do we always say, guys, coming out of the combine, coming out of pro days, don't be don't downgrade guys that you don't expect to test well. Don't upgrade guys that you do expect to test well. Right. Um, so the, the next category that we're going to hit every position, trust the tape. So these are the guys that weren't coming into this event. We're not expecting these players to necessarily blow the doors off the workout. And it's OK, because the film says that he's a better football player than an athlete. Dane, is there a guy that kind of fits that bill for you? I think Brees Hall uh, does Iowa State running back. He's not a bad athlete by any means. Uh, you watch his tape and just you just wish there's a little more burst, a, a little more suddenness uh, to the way he plays. But he, he checks a lot of boxes with the position specific stuff, patience, vision, uh, decision making, you know, the, the really important traits at the position. So I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how he tests relative to uh, his tape and just how where does he rank among the athletes in this running back class? I think you'd say that for a lot of the top backs uh, in this class, who a lot of people feel like are the top backs. Ben, uh, how about you? Oh, there's a bunch of guys here. You can ruffle yeah. off, you know, four or five, six guys, whether it's, you know, Tyler Algier, Hassan Haskins. I'll go Damian Pierce, sure. who I think is going to be like a four, six, five type of guy. But I just do not want to tackle this guy in space. He just <laughs> makes you work to bring him down. He has a no nonsense back that also catches the ball really well, pad level, contact balance. You know, Frank Gore was a similar height and weight. He ran four five eight. Mike Davis is a four six one guy. You know, there's a bunch of productive backs in that kind of, uh, for lack of better words, non four four frame and ability. So uh, there's a bunch in this class though that have some good size. It just won't wow you with the testing. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen it time and time again at that position, whether it's, you know, 40 times, three cones, vertical jump. I remember uh, everyone freaking out over Dalvin Cook's vertical of the year that he came out. Uh, it just it happens every single year. I'll, I'll stay with this theme. I mean, Dane, you brought up arguably the number one running back in the class. Ben, you brought up one of the, the top seniors in this class. I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. I don't think that anybody's expecting Spiller uh, to go out and, and, you know, go nuts with his workout, but still a really good football player and a guy that knows how to carry the rock and be productive. That said, let's get to one of our favorite on-field drills for the running backs. And that's one of the things we really like to see, these guys catching the football, uh, especially on some of these vertical routes. And so uh, with all the value that we place these pass-catching drills uh, at this event, who do you think is going to shine most in these drills? Ben, uh, I'll come to you. And it's only right that we come to you first when we're talking about running backs catching the football out of the backfield. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's going to be a bunch that I already kind of mentioned with James Cook and Tyler Beatty. Look out for Pierre Strong That's out of uh, South Dakota State, who I thought had a great week at the Senior Bowl, productive player in that offense for a number of years, running the ball and catching the ball. You want to tape right away. Watch Minnesota last year. He caught a touchdown down the seam. Really, really good pass catcher and route runner. So Pierre Strong, I think, could have a really good week and improve his stock and get some buzz. I'm going to go with uh, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame, a redshirt sophomore who declared for the draft. I think has the chance to be uh, one of the top third down backs in this class. 5'9", 195 is what he's listed at. So on the smaller side, um, but first of all, an outstanding pass protector, which we're not going to necessarily see that uh, in Indianapolis. But uh, this is a guy that was flexed out wide often and was used all around the formation, ran routes like a wide receiver and looked really good at the catch point. So Kyron Williams is a player I would expect uh, to have a good day when it comes to the pass catching portion of the workout. Uh, Dane, who's our third and final? guy here you you guys mentioned some good players um i'm gonna cheat a little bit i'm gonna mention a a running back who who not that he will shine but he needs to shine Mm. uh and that's michigan state's kenneth walker Uh, he was rarely targeted uh last season and the question is okay were the michigan state coaches hiding him a little bit or was he just that good of a runner that that's how they decided to use him so you know maybe we're overthinking it and he is really a, a an accomplished pass catcher just haven't been able to see it on tape. So I think it's going to be really important for him to show uh, during combine week that he catches the ball cleanly, puts it away, catches it in stride. Uh, and he doesn't have to blow everybody away, but just has to look competent during these pass catching drills. Yeah, a guy that has a chance to go RB1. And so that would that would be huge for his stock, no question about it. And we've seen that time and time again at this position, guys that weren't often used as pass catchers in college that go on and they catch like 30 balls as a rookie. It happens every single year, uh, but you would like to be able to see that from Kenneth Walker in these workouts. Guys, let's transition to an off-the-radar guy that we're just excited to see work out. I'll, I'll lead us off here with Zaquandre White from South Carolina. This is a guy who started his career as a – he was the number one running back recruit in the state of Florida, goes to Florida State – they move him to linebacker right away and he plays defense and, and that's all good, well and good. But he's like, no, I really want to move back to offense. So he goes to junior college, ends up tearing it up there at the junior college level as a sophomore, goes to the SEC, South Carolina, and he's the backup as a junior, ends up splitting time with Kevin Harris as a senior. Uh, and Zaquandre Wright is a really intriguing blend of size, athleticism, physicality. I think when you look at him from a metric standpoint, everything really matches up as a guy that uh, he's got the ability to be a better and more productive pro than college players. So uh, Zaquandre White, he was a late addition to the Senior Bowl. Keep an eye on him uh, here in Indianapolis. Dane, uh, I'll come to you next. Uh, Jalen Warren from Oklahoma State, uh, Utah State transfer, uh, incredibly shifty on tape. H- how does that translate to the drills? Uh, yeah. I think he's a guy that's not getting a ton of pub right now, but maybe that changes uh, based on his performance in Indy. That's a good one. Uh, ben, how about you? 
Well, I really want to see Sincere McCormick at UTSA. I think it's going to be uh, one of the studs of the week. And Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, who's all sorts of rocked up and runs hard as hell. And I think it's going to be great for his own scheme out there. Tyler Goodson's one of the best junior backs in the country. I almost went with Goodson as a, a stopwatch shocker. He's got some juice to him. Uh, you know, watching him on film, he's a, a really interesting player. Nobody talks about him. Yeah. I just think I think he checks every box you need to. Everybody's you know loving up on Linderbaum and the O line. Don't forget about the guys toting the rocks back there. I don't. I, we're gonna have to have a conversation offline because I don't see it at all. So that, 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 that's gonna be that, that'll be a good uh, topic to have. Uh, maybe we'll hit record on it too because that, yeah, that, he's an go. interesting player. I like that. All right, well, let's do the last running back category uh, of the week here, and let's see who helps themselves the most with a huge performance uh, on the field. And, uh, Dane, we'll come to you first. I'm going to go Damian Pierce here. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it before, underutilized at Florida, helped himself at the Senior Bowl. I think he could make another jump, uh, you know, at the Combine. Uh, ben mentioned he's not going to run a great 40. I, I don't think he probably four sixes. I think that's fair. But he plays explosive on tape, and I think that should mean good numbers for the jumps and for some of these other – uh, short area drills uh, at the combine. And I think he catches the ball really well too. So uh, to me, when you look at Pierce, he was the the top running back to miss my top 100. And I think if he could continues gaining momentum at the combine, he could just really help himself and maybe be considered a, a guy that uh, top 100, maybe you start considering him in that range. I like it. Ben? You know, I really want to go with Tyler Beatty again, but just to diversify the portfolio here, let's go Ty Chandler. Out of North Carolina, came over from Tennessee, a highly touted recruit in that 2017 class with Najee Harris and Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift. This is a well-rounded player, and he's going to be a well-rounded tester. May not be the low 4-4 guy, but I expect him to jump 38 inches and run a you know 4-5-2 and catch the ball really well and re-remind everybody that Tykevious Chandler is here and is a draftable kind of middle-of-the-round uh, running back. Oh, I love when you pull out the full first name. Uh, well done. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Kennedy Brooks, Oklahoma. Uh, and he actually was teammates this year with another former Tennessee transfer and Eric Gray, who went back to Oklahoma. Brooks, this is a guy I feel like is kind of forgotten about. He wasn't in any of the all-star games. 5'11", 214. He opted out of 2020, came back and ran for over 1,200 yards this year and 13 touchdowns. Uh, can make people miss. He can catch the ball a little bit. He can block a little bit. He's got good vision. Uh, just a, a well-rounded player. Just doesn't have that A trait. But uh, if he goes and tests better than people think, uh, this is a guy I feel like now it's like, oh, man, like is Kennedy Brooks one of the top seniors in this class? Could he sneak into the back end of day two? Uh, that's a player I would keep an eye on here uh, as we get closer to Indianapolis. Let's now go to the wide receiver position. We'll go to the top workout. Who are you expecting to have the best overall athletic workout? Ben, uh, I'll come to you first. Uh, all sorts of different shapes and sizes to pick here. I don't know if I want to go with Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, but I just think 225 moving in that type of straight line, trailing Burks out of Arkansas. I think he's going to wow everybody. He's going to be all rocked up and glistening out there. He's going to run in the four fours. He's going to look strong. He's going to pluck every football out of the air. I think he's going to have a really good week testing. That's what I was going to ask him, what you thought he would run. I've had people ask me that in the last couple of weeks. Do you think he cracks 4-5? And I feel you just hit it there. Uh, you think he hits 4-4s. Four, four. So that'll be a really uh, impressive performance uh, for a guy his size. I'm going to go to the, the opposite end of the spectrum from a size standpoint. I'm going to go with a guy that had a great week of practice down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. That's Calvin Austin, uh, who's like 5'7", 170 pounds. So uh, he is definitely not in the Traylon Burks body type standpoint. But uh, this is a guy who is an outstanding track athlete, not just in high school, 
but also at Memphis where uh, he won a bunch of awards and was a big part of their track program uh, out there his first couple of years on campus. So at 5'7", 170 pounds, uh, you're not going to like the, the the body type, but I think when you look at the, the overall speed and quickness, uh, Calvin Austin, I think is going to do a great job uh, overall in the workout. Dane, who's the guy that you expect to stand out? Yeah, Burks would have been my answer, and I think Austin. That that's a good call as well. Having that track experience is so yeah. key because you're you're you know you understand that the techniques and it's just it's more comfortable for you. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Olave. Skip the Senior Bowl. Um, I, I think this is his chance to kind of remind everyone, hey, yeah, I'm pretty good too. Uh, try, you know, I, this is why I should be the first offensive senior drafted. I expect him to run on the low four fours, maybe better. Uh, a 10, 800 meter guy in high school. Uh, he's so controlled with his footwork and his routes that I think that should translate well to the drills. Olave should really show out uh, both catching the ball and during drills during the week. And Fran Dane, the one footnote I have with Traylon Burks, I think he's going to fly in the linear speed stuff. He's going to look great in the explosion tests and vertical and broad. I really want to see that three cone, yep. the change of direction stuff. Let's see how stiff those hips are and if he could sink them and uh, moves left and right too. I'm going to say the same for my stopwatch shocker uh, at this position. That's Christian Watson from North Dakota State, 6'4", 211 pounds. Uh, I mentioned that Calvin Austin had a great week in Mobile. You could say the same thing for Christian Watson from North Dakota State, 6'4", over 210. He's going to shock people with how he gets off the ball, guys. Yeah, This is a first-team All-American as a kick returner his junior year in 2020. This guy can scoot a little bit, and we saw it uh, in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He gets off the line of scrimmage. He can threaten defenders early. I'm interested to see at that size – what he can do uh, on the track. So Christian Watson, uh, that's a name uh, I would keep an eye on as a potential surprise out in Indianapolis. Dane, uh, who's a guy you'll be keeping an eye on? Yeah, Watson can fly. I'll be shocked if he doesn't run around, say, a 4 4 5. I mean, that, that's yeah. what he that's what he plays at. Um, I'm going to go with uh, kind of a similar, uh, you know, a, a guy that can, I think is going to run really well uh, that maybe doesn't, it's not that tip of your tongue when you think about speedsters and in Indy. Uh, Charleston Rambo. Uh, I think he should run in the low four fours, uh, be one of the fastest receivers of the combine uh, really up and down in his uh, four seasons at Oklahoma. It uh, doesn't receive nearly enough attention for what he did this past year at Miami. You think of all the big time wide receivers that have gone through that program. None of them had a better receiving season than Rambo in 2021 mm. set the school record for catches for receiving yards. And his speed is definitely a big part of that. Fast with and without the football, Charleston Rambo, a, a dynamic player. I agree, doesn't get enough credit uh, for what he has done over the course of his career. How about you, Ben? A couple guys with track backgrounds. I'm expecting to be in the four threes, maybe even challenge a four two nine if we get the right breeze blowing through a uh, Lucas Oil out there. That's Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, who Texas hundred meter champ. Baylor loves to get the track background guys and then teach them football after that. Jalen Naylor. Don't forget, 100-meter champ out of Nevada, Bishop Gorman, all sorts of track speed as well. Two guys that will definitely be in the four threes. Yeah, uh, Taekwon Thornton uh, kind of fitting in that trust in Edgar Mold of the guys uh, from that Baylor <laughs> program uh, that can run. Let's go now to our uh, trust the tape category. Again, the guy that we're not expecting necessarily to blow up the testing, but uh, it's okay because he's a good football player on film. Don't knock him too much. Dane, I'll come to you first. Purdue's David Bell. He just fits his category yep, perfectly. No uh, good player, good tape, just not an explosive athlete. And, and I suspect we'll kind of see that during the drills, uh, during the athletic testing. But we should see him uh, fare pretty well during the, the actual receiving, pass-catching part of things. How about you, Ben? I was going to go with Chris Olave, you know, a guy that I didn't really know what to expect as far as his testing, but I think he just checks every box you want off the tape as far as his releases, being a three-level receiver, the catch point stuff, the route running, obviously a productive player in high-level games. I don't really care what Chris Olave or 
you know, grouping Garrett Wilson for that matter in that conversation, a guy that people don't really know what he's going to run in a straight line and things like that as well. How explosive is he in the lower half and the jumps? Honestly, I don't care what they run this week. He's done enough on tape to fill out my evaluation. And that's the thing. I almost followed up with you on that, uh, Dane, when you brought up Chris Olave earlier, is that, you know, he gets those comparisons to Keenan Allen, and I totally get why he gets those comparisons to Keenan Allen. But Keenan Allen ran in like the, what was it, like the four sixes, something, you know, I think even low four seven. I mean, Olave is going to torch that, uh, would be my guess in Indianapolis. uh, Olave can fly. Yeah, I I get the Keenan Allen comparisons because the the route running part of it and how – how subtle and explosive they could be. But yeah, I, I, the speed element to me, not a question at all with the lava. But I, do I think, think Keenan was dealing with something that day. And now he's been. like the poster yeah. child for, yeah. you know, running slow and being an all pro NFL receiver. But I think he has some story behind why he ran four, six or four, seven. I do think Garrett Wilson is a guy I've been as to your point, like, you know, whether or not he runs four, four or not, that you watch the way he plays, the way he separates, uh, you don't have any issues. There. He's a sudden guy. He's a burst guy. I don't know if he's going to be a four, four receiver. He may be a four, five, six guy. And everyone's going to say, whoa, oh, this little slot receiver. Yep. Yeah. Well, Antonio Brown ran four, five, six, Chad Johnson ran four, five, eight. You know, you can be an undersized route running technician and not have the top end speed. That's okay. Yep. Uh, for me, I'm going to go two names here just because the first one, I'm not sure if he's going to work out or not. Drake London uh, coming off the fractured ankle uh, that he suffered early October. We don't know if he's going to be able to go or not, but Drake London, uh, his game not necessarily based off athleticism. So uh, if he doesn't run well, and we can count this for his pro day as well, I'm going to get out ahead of this a few weeks ahead. Uh, you know, I don't, don't knock him too much for that. I'll throw in Bo Melton in there as well, uh, the wide receiver from Rutgers, who I'm going to be honest, watch him on film. He doesn't look, he's not a dynamic athlete, but then you watch him up close, watch him at the senior bowl. Uh, this guy gets off the line. I mean, people who have struggled to lay a finger uh, on him. And so I think you talk about difference between play speed and time speed, Bo Melton from Rutgers, uh, a name to keep an eye on there. Let's now focus on the gauntlet drill guys. One of my favorite drills from the entire week in Indianapolis, where the receivers are going to kind of run through, catch a bunch of balls in succession, rapid fire, just like we're kind of going through uh, these categories here. Uh, Who do we expect to do best in the gauntlet? Ben, I'll come to you. Put me down for a double dip here. I hate doing it, but Traylon Burks and those 11-inch hands or 5X gloves, whatever he's using out there. We'll make sure our combine cameras are backed out a little bit so he doesn't block out the sun there. But I'm expecting him to pluck every pass with those giant hands running across the field. One of my favorite facts about any prospect is, is Traylon Burks having the custom-made gloves because his hands are too big for normal receiver gloves. It's one of my favorite <laughs> facts uh, about anybody in this class. I'm going to go Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Number one, he's going to test better than everybody thinks. And it's not because he's – I mean, he was a big-time uh, deep threat at Penn State, but we know Penn State – they get their guys ready for Indianapolis. Those guys are ready and souped up, ready to go. So Jahan Dotson's going to do really well in the athletic testing portion. But Ben, I mean, you know this, he never puts the ball on the ground. Uh, Jahan Dotson catches pretty much everything thrown his way, and that was tested often uh, at Penn State in that passing game. Uh, I would expect Jahan Dotson to have one of the better gauntlet drills uh, when we get to Indianapolis. Dane, uh, how about you? I'll go Sky Moore uh, from Western Michigan. I I think he should really shine in this drill. Uh, He's so good at catching the ball in stride and then also securing throws that maybe aren't perfectly thrown to him. Uh, He was dominant on tape on those quick slants, those quick throws where the ball gets on him quick, but he has those, those reflexes to adjust and make the play. Uh, so let's get to our off-the-radar player that we're just excited to see work out. Uh, for me, it's going to be Makai Polk from Mississippi State. I knew nothing about Makai Polk uh, before he was uh, before he declared for the draft. So a true junior, started his career at USC, transferred to Mississippi State for his final season, 6'3", 200. 
this guy can run guys. So I, I, number one, I expect him to kind of test pretty well. Um, but you know, it was very, very productive thought over a hundred passes, over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns this year. Uh, I, I mentioned the, the athleticism and the speed, but, uh, what he does at the catch point is really intriguing. So Makai Polk, a guy I'm just excited to see work out. He could surprise some people, uh, with how he tests. Dane, uh, let's go to you. I'll go Devin Williams, uh, 6'5", 210 pounds, uh, wide receiver from Oregon, uh, transfer from USC. You watch that Oregon okay, State yep. tape, and you think, okay, there's something here. Uh, so I'm interested to see just how fast is he? How does he move compared to these other receivers? Uh, you know, is he a draftable player? I think the combine will help answer some of these questions. Ben? Yeah, that was actually my pick, Dane, because if you like the Drake Londons and Christian Watsons and Justin Rosses, He's in that same type of profile with the long, lean kind of basketball player frame, plays above the rim, surprisingly quick in and out of breaks, competitive blocker. He's got the kind of long jump hurdles background, so you just see the looseness in the hips as well. If you like the Rosses and Drake Londons, he may be the day three option. And if Oregon threw him the ball a little bit more in that offense, we'd be talking about a day two player. He's a really impressive player. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch. And another uh, USC transfer, so two USC transfers in that category. Last one for receivers here, guys. Uh, who helps themselves the most uh, with a big-time performance out in Indianapolis when it comes to the workout uh, overall? Dane, I'll go to you first. Uh, I'm going to go Justin Ross uh, from Clemson. I, this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, we know the most important aspect of the combine for him is going to be the medicals and just how teams feel about the spine. And then most recently his foot injury that ended his 2021 season – but impressive testing numbers could really do him wonders as teams kind of figure out, uh, okay, when is he worth the gamble here? Um, I don't know that he's going to run. Like, I mean, he, he runs well on tape, but is he, he looks more like a, maybe a four five, five type of guy. I don't know. It, it, Justin Ross is, is really hard to figure out. And I think the athletic testing will help kind of fill in some of those gaps in his report. I mean, early in his career, it looked like he was a, a potential top, you know, a first round pick at the position. So uh, if he goes out and has one of those days, uh, that can kind of remind people the kind of talent uh, that he could be. Ben, how about you? So last year, my favorite prospect was Kadarius Tony, and just the way and every cut kind of churned up dirt and kicked up grass and every cut and movement was so violent. I think that's Wandell Robinson. Mm out of Kentucky via Nebraska, who I think is going to look great with his movement patterns and all the change of direction stuff. He's explosive speed, but also explosive change of direction, getting left and right and throttling down with balance and body control as well. He's a really fun player. And my little footnote there, Khalil Shakur, very similar type of profile and size player as well. Maybe a little bit more uh, you know, vertical threat in that offense as well at Boise, but another guy that they just put the ball in his hands, and he can do a lot for you in an offense. Uh, for me in this category, I'm going to go similar to Justin Ross, who was my number one pick for this category. But, Dane, I think you that was a slam dunk selection. For me, I'm going to go George Pickens from Georgia, 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, true junior, who came onto the scene right away as a true freshman and led that team to receiving SEC all-freshman. Uh, he had almost 50 catches that year, stepped out only 36 catches a year ago. But then he tears his ACL in the spring, fights his way back, and makes it back to the field uh, late in the team's uh, national championship run. So, But only five catches this year. Still got 107 yards, so over 20 yards per reception for George Pickens. But uh, if he can go out and just have a big week, whether that or, you know whether that means uh, big-time test scores or just a great positional workout, it's one of the best set of hands uh, in this class. That's something that has always been a thing with George Pickens. Uh, I think that could be big for him in what is a really intriguing receiver class overall guys let's get to the tight end spot here and we did a full preview of the tight end position last week here on the show so if you haven't heard that make sure you go back and listen to our tight end preview of this entire class but uh, let's get focused in just on indianapolis here ben uh, i'll come to you first 
who's got the best workout here from this tight end position when we're talking about just the pure athletic testing portion of the workout? Well, it's typically a converted receiver, and you'll see those movement patterns and the speed, but in a tight end package, and that's going to be Greg Dulcich at UCLA, who I think has been on a steady rise through all the all-star games and could end up being a top five tight end when it's all said and done. Probably the most complete pass catching uh, weapon in this class here with a lot of speed down the seam and good size. I don't know if he's a true wide tight end, but I have no problem making him a very competitive U kind of move tight end. Yeah, he was a guy I had penciled in there uh, to talk about. I'm going to go with another player, very similar, and Isaiah Likely, who is also a converted receiver. I think Dulcich can do a little bit more in line, uh, likely more of that move player, but he is outstanding on the move. And um, I think the position workouts can be big for him as well. He'll, he'll have some drops here and there, but athletically, this kid should be aces. He should be good across the board uh, when it comes to the athletic testing portion of the workout. Dane, uh, how about you here? Yeah, Dulcich would have been my first answer. I think uh, I'll be shocked if he doesn't run the fastest 40 among the mm-hmm. tight ends. I think he'll be in the four fives. Um, likely probably would have been my second answer. So I'm going to go with Cole Turner from Nevada. Um, he spent most of his life at wide receiver. Um, and then, you know, even with the weight gain, moving the tight end, I think he still runs pretty well with those long strides. So probably low four sixes for him uh, should test pretty well. So Cole Turner, uh, former wide receiver that, that moved tight end is my answer. I like it. Uh, this is a position that's it's kind of tough to say, like, who's the guy that's going to surprise you uh, in terms of the workout? I went back and forth because a couple of the guys that I thought had a chance to, to really impress ended up not getting an invite. We talked about those guys uh, last week. So Greg Dulcich was going to be my answer here. But since you guys both kind of hit on him, um, I am going to go with Grant Calcaterra from SMU, who uh, was an athletic move player at Oklahoma, uh, had to kind of step away from the game for a little bit due to injuries, and it ended up re- resurfacing at SMU this past season. Uh, he is a really nice move player as well, gets in and out of breaks well. So I'm going to throw Grant Calcaterra in there as a guy, don't forget, uh, can, can move a little bit and be a factor uh, out in space. How about you, Dane? Yeah, that's a good one. Calcaterra should be in the mid four sixes in the, his 40. Uh, I'll go with Chase Allen, from the, you know, the other tight end from Iowa State. Really lean athlete, moves well because he's not carrying a ton of that extra bulk. Uh, I mean, he's probably 245 around there. Uh, And I think that's really going to show during testing. He's an under-the-radar guy who should test well. Mm. Ben? You know, I'd go with James Mitchell out of Virginia Tech, a guy that's played kind of an H-back move role, several rushing touchdowns in a very lateral sense, and they just let him be kind of the perimeter pursuit out there. I think he's going to be a good special teams player, a guy that can win with some yards after catch stuff. He's a guy I think may not look the part, and he has a little bit of a shorter profile, like 6'2", 245, but I think he's going to run really well. Yeah, he's like in that Drake London category. I didn't go with him just because I don't know if he's going to be able to go. I hope he does because uh, a really impressive player on tape. I feel is underrated. We talked about him uh, last week. Let's go to our, our trust the tape guy that we're not expecting to blow up the athletic testing, and that's okay. Dane, how about you? So many different names you could go with here just because, you know, we, we know tight ends. that Not all of them are Blazers, and they don't need to be. So, um, yeah, a couple names we could go with here. I'm going to go with Jake Ferguson. Uh, Wisconsin tight end who doesn't have a ton of speed, but he's a good player. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the four eights. I mean, that, that's what kind of speed yep. we're working with, but he catches the ball. Well, he's a competitive blocker. Uh, he's just an all around good player who might not have the elite testing numbers. Ben, how about you? It may be strange to say for tight end one, trust the yeah. tape and not have a lot of the upside and the, the testing stuff, but 
Trey McBride is not yep. going to look good in Indianapolis, guys. I hate to break it to you. All those contested catches, I got news for you. They're contested because he doesn't separate. doesn't have a whole lot of speed and separation and burst and a vertical element down the seam. He's a tough guy with pillows for hands. He's going to catch everything and beat you up as much as he can. That usually doesn't translate well in Indy. We can see him grunt and pump that bench press every, you know, for one of the workouts, but all the movement stuff, the change of direction stuff, the linear stuff, the lower body explosive stuff. I don't know if it's going to look great. So trust the tape with Trey McBride. I'm going to go with the guy that we didn't get a chance to see at the senior bowl. That's Kate Otten from Washington. Uh, the one knock you would say is that he's not a dynamic athlete. A lot of the things you would say about Trey, Trey McBride, you would say about Kate Otten. He's a really good blocker. Uh, you know, he's got really soft hands. He can run routes. He's just not a dynamic guy with uh, without the football. So I think when you look at Kate Otten, he would be a guy that I would pencil in uh, to this trust the tape category. Uh, guys, let's get away from the athletic testing, get to the position workout, and we'll go back to the gauntlet drill where, again, these guys, the, the hands is going to be put to the test here uh, with these players in this drill. Ben, uh, who's a guy that you expect to test well or to look good, I should <laughs> say, uh, in the gauntlet? Well, it's a perfect transition because I think the one opportunity that Kate Otten and Trey McBride have of the week is to pluck every ball in this gauntlet drill where you don't necessarily have to be a blazing hundred miles, miles an hour across the field, pluck it effortlessly behind you, low ahead of you, catch it, drop it. Kate Otten at Washington, I thought caught the ball so effortlessly immediately transitioned to yards after catch. Anytime you see a guy not have to work to really pluck that thing away from his frame, tuck it in and transition upfield, very natural hands. So I think Kate Otten would have no problem in the gauntlet drill. Uh, I'm going to go to a player that, Dan, you brought up earlier. That's Cole Turner from Nevada, 6'6", 246 pounds. Uh, he's got long arms, was really productive. And the reason why he was really productive, he was really good at catching the football. He didn't put it on the ground often. He was really good in those contested jump ball situations as well. One of the best red zone threats in the country. But I think when you look at just the natural hands, I think that's something that will show up there uh, for Cole Turner in this drill. Uh, Dane, uh, I, I just mentioned you, but bring it home. Who's the last one for the gauntlet? I'll go with uh, Charlie Kohler, uh, who, uh, you know, Ben mentioned how you don't have to be a, a blazer in this drill. You kind of take your time. And as long as you got the hands, you're going to look good. And Kohler definitely has the hands really good at reacting to the football. Um, the Iowa State uh, tight end is going to be a really good red zone weapon in, in, in the pros. So I'll, I'll go with Kohler. Now let's go off the radar. Just a guy we're excited to see work out. For me, it's going to be Arizona State's Curtis Hodges, another former receiver that when he got to campus, they're like, look, you're going to be a big receiver. That's going to be our blocking specialist in the run game. And he did that at a high <laughs> level. And then they just decided, you know, what, let's just make you a tight end. Let's just change those two letters in front of your name on the roster page. Uh, and now he's going to be with this tight end group. Not super productive over the course of his career, but has a chance to, uh, to really put himself on the map with a good workout. We'll see exactly how he tests and how he performs in these position drills. Keep an eye on Curtis Hodges from Arizona of state. Uh, Dane, let's go to you next. I'll go with the Maryland tight end, Conquo, uh, who looked good in the sh uh, Shrine Bowl uh, practice tape, but can he build on that momentum? So I'm really looking forward to seeing him in Indy. Uh, a guy that's uh, caught a lot of buzz, uh, for <laughs> sure, Jacob Conquo. Uh, ben, next for you, uh, who do you like here? Well, speaking of the Shrine Week and the Shrine game, let's go Jelani Woods out of Virginia, coming over from Oklahoma State, who I think will be a, a big focus of conversation when the tight ends are on the field, just because he's massive. Six seven every bit of, and I think three sixty or excuse me two sixty or two seventy will stand out among other big tight ends in that group. And he's a great personality, big smile. I think he's going to be a guy that you know some of the uh, interviewees off the field, Colleen Wolf with social stuff like that. You're going to grab Jelani Woods. 
If he was 360, that would also be impressive as well. That would, uh, that would, be, that would be an impressive sight. <laughs> well, I haven't seen his diet since the, the Shrine week, so I'll give him a little opportunity to put on some LBs, so we'll see what he comes in at. He's got about a week <laughs> left for that. Uh, let's get to uh, the guy that we expect, to, that they were, I should say, would help themselves the most with a huge performance out in Indianapolis. Dane, who can help themselves the most uh, with a big day out in Indy? I'll go with Greg Dolchich, uh, just because I think if, if he hits the numbers that he's capable of, if he performs like he's capable of, uh, he could really move the needle uh, yeah, with just how teams view him and where he is currently in the draft. You know, in my top 100 last week, he was, uh, you know, early third round, but I, I mean, it's possible for him to get into the second. It's possible. Why can't he get above McBride to be the tight end one? I mean, I, McBride's a good player, but I don't think by any means he has a stranglehold on tight end one in this draft. So uh, Greg Dolchik, uh, this is your chance to go make a run for it. I like it. I, when you talk about tight ends that can be a three-level threat and also participate in the in the run game as a blocker, Dulcich is may, maybe the only guy that you could check all those boxes for uh, in this draft. So, uh, Ben, how about you? Well, you know, what did I do with the quarterbacks, Fran? What, I took a little bit different direction. Why? Yep. Because versatility is value. So I think it's a huge week for the H-backs. Jeremiah Hall, Connor Hayward, Chico Conquo at Maryland, Dane had mentioned, even James Mitchell who I've now taken out of the tight end group and put them into my H-back fullback group. I think these guys have a lot of ability and opportunity this week to show off the athleticism and say, you know what? I'm not just a Y tight end or a U tight end or a fullback or an H-back. I'm whatever you want me to be. And I think there's some offenses that really covet those types of players. So huge week for the H-backs this week and showing what else can you do. I'm going to go with a player that we haven't talked about yet. Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. We haven't mentioned yet nice. uh, in this workout. And I think when you say like, all right, well, who's a guy that can help himself? I think all the things we said about Dulcich, I think make a lot of sense. Uh, I would agree that there's no clear cut. This guy's the number one tight end uh, in this class. If Ruckert goes and catches everything at the workout and tests better than people think, why can't he be the first tight end off the board? And I think that's something that we could see. Uh, this tight end position will be fun to watch out in Indianapolis. Uh, Real quick on Ruckert. I'm just hopeful he's able to he's able to perform. He had to leave. Yep. Yeah, leave the Senior Bowl a week early. So hopefully, if he's healthy, I think that that's that's a good start for him. But yeah, I, I agree with you, friend. That's a good call. All right, let's go to uh, offensive line, guys. Last position group we're going to hit on here for this preview. The uh, overall workout warrior who works out the best in Indianapolis. Ben, I'll come to you first. I'm going to go with Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, who I think has some of the best feet. I think he has a lot of lower body explosiveness, despite not being completely filled out and maybe the, you know, not the most rocked up lower half, but he's going to run well. He's going to jump well. His movement patterns are going to look great. His start stop is excellent. The body control, the balance. I think this is kind of a perfect storm for Charles Cross to show everything he can do with his skill set. Uh, it's tough for me here for this category, guys, to not go with the player who was named the number one freak on Bruce Feldman's freak list last summer. And that's Evan Neal from Alabama, who, uh, to me, like also catches a lot of similarities to Tristan Wirfs when he was coming out of Iowa. Wirfs was also Bruce's number one freak the year that he came out. And Wirfs had an outstanding combine performance. I actually just recently went back just to hear some, like, some of the rundowns for the podcast that we did out in Indianapolis last time we were there. And we were just gushing about what Wirfs did on the field for his workout and position drill. And in the workout, Evan Neal, a unique athlete at 6'7", 350. That would be a guy I would keep an eye on, uh, obviously, potentially number one pick uh, in this draft. Dame, uh, who's the guy you're expecting to uh, have a great workout? I'm going to go with Cam Jurgens from Nebraska. Uh, he, to me, he's the day three developmental version of Tyler Linderbaum. He is crazy athletic. I and mean, this is a tight end uh, in high school. He actually signed as a tight end at Nebraska. Yep. They moved to center. Uh, he was 245 pounds as a high school senior. And so he added some weight, 
didn't lose that explosiveness. He's rangy. He's agile. I, he's going to move so crazy compared to these other guys. Uh, you know, that's not going to be the question about his NFL evaluation, but he should tear it up in Indy. All right, let's get to our uh, stopwatch shockers here. Who impresses us with their workout that maybe people aren't expecting uh, and might be coming in off the radar a little bit? Guys, I'm going to go with one of the top tackles of this draft, one of the top linemen, a potential top 10 pick, top five pick. Who knows? Maybe the number one pick who was in Dane Brugler's mock draft, Iki Aquanu, the tackle from the NC State. And the reason why is that we've all seen the devastating run blocks and him just planting defensive linemen over and over and over again. And it's easy to forget that Iki Aquanu at 6'4", he's listed at 327. We'll see what he comes in at uh, next week. But it's easy to forget that he was the anchor for the relay team in, in high school on track, in track. Like, ridiculous athlete at that size. He was also a state champion wrestler. But when you talk about a guy that with a track athlete ran anchor for the, for the, uh, for their track team uh, at that size. Yeah. Like Iki Kwan is going to test well guys. So I, I feel like he's a guy that maybe we're not talking about as being a plus athlete at the position. Uh, Dane, let's come to you. Wait, wait, wait. Was that like a competitive relay team? I got some questions here. Uh, look, I, I've got, I've got questions too, but uh, there's video. I mean, he's got all yeah. the answers. That's the thing with the because clock. there's some schools that you know what football players you're not doing anything in the spring. You go to the track team. So I wonder if a bunch of like the old linemen just formed a four by one hundred team and he anchored it. There, no, there is a video out there yeah. that Bruce I've seen. Phil, yes. Bruce Feldman's uh, story on the athletic. He, yes. he he got the video of it and it's it's fascinating to see that big boy run. It's wow. Okay. Yeah, it's really really <laughs> go back and find it. Bruce did the piece. It was like last. It was like last March, right? March of yeah. 2021. Uh, About this time last year. Yeah. I was yeah. too busy watching Evan Neal jump and do a split with like uh, a 40-inch so box jump. You right? got to go find E.Q. Kwan and <laughs> run an anchor for the track team. It was insane. Um, Dane, let's go to your stopwatch shocker. Uh, let's go with Kellen Deesh, uh, left tackle from Arizona state. If, if he were longer, if he, his arms weren't so short, we'd be talking about him as a second rounder. I mean, he has that type of talent. He's such a light mover, light athlete, and I think that's gonna that's gonna show. He's gonna run in the four nines. He, he's gonna look really good uh, during some of these uh, combine drills because he's such a light athlete. You see mm. that with his mirroring. You see that with his lateral footwork. It just if he was just a little bit longer, we'd be talking a lot more about Kellen Deesh. I think it's a fair point. Yeah, he'll he'll shock us with the stopwatch. He'll definitely be in the uh, Velociraptor group of the, the short arms. But two guys a little bit off the beaten path here: Donovan West. One of the quicker interior offensive linemen, Arizona State guard center guy, really good for his own team, pulls exceptionally well. And Cordo Volson at a North Dakota State, I think might shock you as well with a really good athletic profile. And he's done a lot of different things in his career and his high school going back a few years, double-double basketball guy. Look for those guys to look pretty good this week, or excuse me, next week in Indy. So for the guys that we – do expect to test well to the guys that we're not necessarily expecting great test numbers from, from an athletic standpoint, let's get to our trust the tapes here. And Dane, I'll come to you. Who's a guy that you're not necessarily expecting to test well in Indianapolis, but at the end of the day, doesn't really matter all that much. I'm going to go Darian Kennard here. Uh, you know, he, it, the biggest issue with him on his tape is he tends to look sloppy, uh, both of this, how he plays. And, you know, that kind of carries over a little bit with uh, the movements. And so uh, top heavy a little bit gets far out in front, doesn't play balanced all the time, doesn't have that elite range. Um, and so I think we're going to see some of that creep over to the drills. Uh, but again, this is a guy that, you know, you watch the tape, you see him execute. Um, not a perfect player by any means, not a slam dunk first round pick, but I do think that he's going to be better than how he tests. Ben, how about you? Yeah, I'm going with Kenyon Green. 
Uh, that might shock you a little bit, but he's a guy that kind of needs to beat you up a little bit within the down. Not always the most technically sound. Doesn't bring his feet all the time. Lunges, shoulders over toes a little more than I like. You know, I don't know if he's going to look great out there with the movement, the change of direction, the body control, the linear speed stuff. I don't know if I love his lower half and just the explosiveness. He's a strong guy. He wants to get his mitts on you and try to move you and be a glass eating type of people mover. So this usually isn't the week for those types. Ed Ingram was the other guy kind of in that same conversation. Dane, earlier you mentioned Cam Jurgens, the Nebraska center is kind of like that late, later round version of uh, Tyler Linderbaum. To me, Tyler Smith, the left tackle from Tulsa, is like the later round version of Ikki Aquanu from NC yeah. State uh, in terms of just being a punisher, uh, whether it's pass game or run game. This guy just wants to mash you. The difference is, is that I don't know that Tyler Smith is that kind of athlete, right? And that's why that he's more of a day two, maybe early day three guy as opposed to a first round player. But uh, Tyler Smith is a guy that I really like the film. I just don't know the athletic athletic portion of the workout is going to be kind uh, overall to Tyler Smith. Guys, let's go to a drill where athleticism is, is key. And that's the wave drill. And that's going to be a reactionary drill with the offensive line. They're moving backwards uh, and reacting to the coach movements, kind of waving them left and right. We'll see that quickness, quick, uh, the, the lateral quickness and the, and the reactionary skills there uh, from these guys. Ben, I'll come to you. Who, who's your pick for who runs the wave drill best uh, out in Indy? Yep, you hit it on, on a tee there. You know, reactionary quickness, body control, start, stop, balance. Um, and that's going to be Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan converted tight end receiver, moved to tackle. I think he has some of the best movement patterns and body control in the class, has some technique issues, has some hand usage issues, has some issues at the top of the rushes. But as far as just mimicking and mirroring rushes, mimicking and mirroring a coach pointing left and right, he's going to look pretty good. I'm going to go Zion Johnson here from Boston College, who uh, won practice player of the week, overall practice player of the week uh, down at the senior bowl. Uh, And I'm going to be honest, like, I don't even think he had like the greatest week, but he showed off some of that versatility to be able to play center. Uh, Obviously was been, has been an outstanding guard over the course of his career at Boston college. Also played some tackle out of BC as well, but Johnson is a really good athlete. And I think that he's going to look good uh, in these drills. He's going to test well. So Johnson, I think is going to be one of those guys as we get kind of get through the course of the process. It's like, all right, Tape's good. Character's good. Senior ball's good. Combine's good. Uh, what else we have? What, what else are we talking about here uh, with Zion Johnson? I, his, he's my pick here for the wave drill. Dane, I'll come to you next. I'm going to go with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, uh, Ohio State tackle, who uh, I've soured on him, but the more you watch him, it, I worry about the power. I worry about the technique. But what I don't worry about is the movement skills. Yeah, uh, he's a very spry athlete, fluid in his stand, out of his stance. Um, I, he's got that big man twitch that, that teams really covet. And so that, that's certainly going to help him and it should show out during this drill. All right, guys, let's go off the radar. Who's a guy we're just excited to see work out for me. Uh, I mentioned Zion Johnson and his senior bowl performance. How about Cole strange, the offensive lineman um, from UT Chattanooga uh, also had a good week down in mobile. He's a guy I just I think he could have a really good athletic workout as well, but uh, just a really fun player to study on tape. I'm excited to see him out in Indianapolis. How about you, Dan? Yeah, Cole Strange is one of him and Kate Otten were two of the like five guys that I hated leaving off my top 100. I think those are they're both really good players. Um, I'm gonna go with the guy that Ben mentioned earlier, Donovan West from Arizona State, who I, I liked his tape maybe even more than I thought I would. Um, he's got that guard center versatility, he moves well. Um, doesn't he, he doesn't have a fatal flaw to his game, and so I think he's another guy that maybe. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about as a possible, possible top 100 guy. He has that type of ability to come in, be an immediate backup, push for starting time. So Donovan West, I'm eager to see how he does it at the combine. Ben, take us home. Who's the last, uh, you're off the radar guy. 
Well, I have two and they're in my 330 pound refrigerator category. <laughs> and what I mean by that is they're big, they're wide. They do not have angular frames. Their shoulders go right square to their hips and to the floor. That's Marcus McKeithen at a UNC who's been a right guard for three years. And William Bill Dunkel. That's right. At a uh, San Diego state, a couple San Diego state guys on offense yep. out there, the running back left tackle, uh, Cam Thomas's brother, Zachary Thomas, Daniel Bellinger put on that run game out there. William Dunkel at right guard loves the mow people down. He's the snowplow of this class out there. Really interesting uh, zone blocking guard. Not much of a use for a snowplow at San Diego state, but uh, maybe he gets the reference <laughs> at one point. Uh, guys, who's the guy that can help themselves the most? with a huge performance in Indianapolis along the offensive lines, really good offensive line class overall. Dane, uh, what do you think here? Well, we've gone this long without really talking about Tyler Linderbaum. We have, so yes. I, I, I'm going to bring him up right here. Uh, you know, we know that he's not the biggest guy. He's going to be right around probably 290 pounds. Um, you know, think about a couple of years ago with Garrett Bradbury, what that did for him and his, his draft stock with Tyler Linderbaum. He's already considered a first round pick, but where in the first round, I, there's such a variance. Is he going to go, 12 top 10 or is he going to go 25 31 it's it's a wide variance of where Tyler Linderbaum could go if he tests like he's capable of and performs at the level that you know we were talking about Garrett Bradbury and how well his combine was if Linderbaum reaches that status which he is certainly capable of doing some of those questions start to go away and teams just start to trust uh you know what we see on tape and what we see at the combine very easily could have been in our, like, we'll crush the workout segment of this discussion, right? Like, you know, in terms of the, the reported numbers on him, really, really impressive. Uh, ben, how about you? Well, this is a week for traits and tools and skill sets and some things you can't coach. And I have a group of guys that have tons of technique flaws, but have the length and the size and everything you want. You know, that's Rashid Walker and Tyler Smith and even Dari Rosenthal out of Kentucky. They're all big, they're long, they're easy movers tons of technique flaws with all of them, but I think they're going to look good out there and testing and shirts and a t-shirt and I'll bring all those things. You can't teach them. And I think they're going to have really good weeks and kind of remind everybody that there's some interesting developmental mid round tackles here, starting with those three. I'm going to go right off of that, Ben. And I'm going to go with the guy that is like the poster child for that category. And to me, it's Daniel Falele from Minnesota. I mean, it's yep, six, eight, yep. 387 pounds, 35 and a quarter inch arms, 11 inch hands. Like if he does what we think he could potentially do uh, and test extremely well, we're talking, it's that Tristan Wirfs conversation where it's like not a lot of guys that big that move the way he does. And the senior bowl was a little bit up and down. But if he goes to the combine and has a really strong combine, it's like, all right, well, man, like this guy's a lot has a lot of traits to be able to work with. And I think feel like that's when we start getting into that first round discussion, potentially in the back end of round one uh, with Daniel Falalele, if he goes and he tests well. So uh, we'll see exactly how all these guys perform. We're going to break down the defense later this week right here on the show. Ben, Dane, great stuff. Uh, it's been about an hour uh, with you guys on the nose. So we will uh, talk to you both next week. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. All right, so great stuff there from Dane and Ben. Let's wrap this show up with our Draft Mailbag, where real quick, I want to remind everybody, make sure you head on over to our Apple Podcast page. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question, if you've got a mock draft you want us to break down, even if it's just a question overall about the draft class or a specific player like the one we have today, uh, we will get to it here on an upcoming episode. This one here is the last one in the queue. So if you want to get into next or the next episode later this week, jump on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us the question in the comment box. We will get to it 
it here uh, in an upcoming episode. Here, we've got Sean Wolford, who left a five-star review saying, great show as always. With this draft being heavy with pass rushers, one that I have not heard a ton about is Sam Williams from Ole Miss. He's got the size and the bend that you'd like from an edge player. Every time I see a clip, his hustle shines on the screen. Why is he not talked about like some of the other pass rushers coming out this year? So, Sean, uh, it's a good question. I think when you look at Sam Williams, obviously he's got a lot of the athletic traits you're looking for. I'm sure we'll be talking about him later this week here on the show where we talk about the defensive side of the ball. Double-digit sacks in the SEC as a senior, which is going to catch a lot of eyes. Apparently had a good week of practice at the NFL PA game. Got the call up to the Senior Bowl. Did a great job midweek. Came in, made a splash early on. And I think when you're looking at him, uh, this is a guy that you have the feeling can get after the quarterback because of his athletic traits. You'd like to see him get a little bit better and more consistent against the run, uh, but that's something that they can work on uh, with time. There's an off-field incident as well that uh, NFL teams are obviously going to be sorting through as well. But when you look at Sam Williams, uh, a lot of talent for sure. And a guy that I'm sure that, yeah, any other class, I think you'd be hearing a little bit more buzz about. But since this one is so, so deep and there are so many names, there are going to be some guys that fall through the cracks when it comes to media coverage. So, uh, yeah, a very, very deep edge class. And as Sean mentioned, uh, one of the strengths of this class. And we'll be talking about it later this week right here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.